Before we get started, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. For every single response I got for the previous episode, it means the whole world to me. And I hope you enjoy this one as well. In this episode, I tell my story about moving to America. Moving to a whole new continent isn't as magical as I expected or thought it would be. In fact, it was very difficult, challenging, and harrowing. I tried to tell of how perspectives had to shift and how every day is still an adjustment. I tried to tell this as best as I can through an immigrant's eye. Don't forget to drink lots of fluids through the trip. My dad was on the phone with me a few days before we were set to take the dreadful 26-hour journey to America. He said a few more important things on the phone that I should have taken more seriously, but I wasn't paying attention and he would know what's important as he'd taken this trip multiple times. But why would I? I was finally going to America. The land of milk and honey. The same continent where the Kardashians live. Beyonce and I will share air from the same continent. Lupita Nyong'o and I were going to be in the same time zone. You get the point. America in any immigrant's mind is a gateway to endless possibilities and finally I had my ticket to it. In all honesty, I thought America would be all about going to Starbucks and getting tons of lattes, getting burgers from McDonald's, having makeup like no one's business and shopping until I drop. My imagined life was about to be an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians in less than a week. Growing up, people who came from America were the ish. And knowing someone from the diaspora was like having an upper hand in life, especially when they did visit at the end of the year during Christmas and bring you all the gifts you had coveted for months on TV that we could not afford. We envied them, like major green eyes with envy. From the minute you picked them up from the airport, they were different from us. They had a different type of swag, they smelled different, they referred to things differently too, like they would say trunk instead of boot, or fries instead of chips. Granted, our education system in Kenya is British, so American vocabulary was foreign to us. They wore crisp clean clothes that were obviously not hand-washed. They had gadgets so fancy. These gadgets were things we had only seen on TV, like MP3 players, and then iPods, than iPhones. It was so crazy to me that their phones were so fancy that they didn't connect to our local networks, like Safaricom or Airtel. They had access to things we only dreamt of or read about. They seemed to have had it all. It fascinated me that we were once all the same because of where we are from, but they had stepped into a new world that made them so different. And we began to idolize what we were envying. With our covetous minds wanting to be like these people who came from the diaspora, we all had a yearning for this dream, the American dream. Gradually, we built one around living in America because to us, it was a heaven reserved only for a few people. Everything was sugar-coated by people from the diaspora. They were constantly talking about, OMG, how do you guys live in this heat with no ACs? And I would think, 
well, we just open the window and pop open a cold Fanta. Or they would say, how do you guys operate with this much traffic and no traffic lights or traffic lights that don't work? And I would think, well, we sit and wait. Where is the hurry? What was once normal to them seemed abnormal. And now how we lived was seemingly not good enough. They made it seem so insensible that their yearly vacations to Kenya only lasted two weeks at a time. Our life contrasted to theirs in America was full of haze and dust. Quite literally, they made it feel like we were living in a fog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chicago O'Hare International Airport. Local time is 2.30 p.m. and the temperature outside is 70 Fahrenheit. For your safety and comfort, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened until the captain turns off the fastened seatbelt sign. This will indicate that we have parked at the gate and that it's safe for you to move about. Thank you. Why is the weather reported in Fahrenheit? I thought. Does that mean it's too hot or too cold outside? And wow, these people really do roll their tongues. I relished every moment of that day. We got off the plane and everything felt different. Cue the Coming to America intro song. <laughs> Starting from the huge sign at customs that read, Welcome to America, to the way that there was carpet alignment through the entire floor. There were so many restaurants. A Chinese place, an Italian place, a fast food place, a Greek restaurant, just in one town at the airport. Everywhere I looked, there was a different one. Everything I knew about life was suddenly not relevant because there was no fog in this life. It was all clear, crystal clear. My first few weeks in America felt like a roller coaster of emotions. Everything, though, is still so vivid. From awe to amusement, and then from optimism to feeling overwhelmed, but most importantly, very ecstatic, that I was now a part of this world I had only ever heard of. I was no longer fighting to walk across the street because everyone walked on their own lane. The streets were paved very neatly, and they were so clean I could sit and eat. The traffic lights actually worked, and traffic flowed seamlessly. I found myself laughing when cars actually stopped to let me cross the road. <laughs> Believe me, this was a new notion. Everything and everyone moved with a different velocity. A swiftness, really, that didn't feel rushed, but almost premeditated and very much calculated. Nothing was spontaneous. It all felt so controlled, and I couldn't tell if that's a good thing or not. But at that moment, I couldn't believe how less chaotic this new environment was. And then there were the unusual things, unusual to me, but clearly the norm. It was unusual that there was no skirt too short or shorts too short. And the notion of being too exposed did not exist. It was quite uncomfortable to listen to people use words like greetings and just yell, what's up, bitch? Even more unsettling was when I would take a walk down the street and I would sometimes bump into couples swallowing each other's tongues right on the park benches, oblivious of everyone around them. I also knew that the American accent was different, but it is different when everyone around you has a nasal pronunciation of everything, and they talk so fast, just like cartoon characters. I needed subtitles to keep up. How can anyone have so much to say and feel the pressure to say it all at once? I wondered. It was strange to me that everyone was quick to correct what I said too, and not because I didn't speak good English, 
But because apparently there's a socially acceptable grammar that no one teaches you but expects you to be aware of, like when I said fat, I was quickly corrected and told it was rude to say the word, but I was confused because thin was considered a compliment. Nothing felt familiar. Slowly, I started to miss my old life and my world that was full of fog. Through an immigrant's eye, every day is strange because trying to blend in someone else's mold is hard. It is hard when you know you once belonged and fit in perfectly somewhere else and now you live in a life where every day is a reminder of what you left behind in pursuit of what you're currently living in. Don't get me wrong, I love the opportunities I have now, but I also love the foundation my fog gave me. No one from the diaspora ever talked about the reality of settling in, the hardships that come with building genuine friendships and the connections. No one tells you that you don't immediately start living the dream, you build it. And no one also emphasized how much what you have always known is wiped away. And now you have a clean slate in a world where everyone is already in their own world. It is hard. A type of hard that I can't even describe. And then I missed my fog. Structure is typically beautiful. But everyone said what they were supposed to say, how they were supposed to say it. Every comment felt rehearsed, almost robotic. The brutal honesty I had become so used to felt like a distant thought, and the fog that we were told we lived in felt more beautiful than the discomfort I was actually living in. Week after week, I learned that there were layers to everything. How people said things, how people acted. I did not know I was black until I moved to America, and suddenly race had meaning deeper than I can explain. Differences were highlighted every day and not because they are a beautiful thing, but because they have a political and social meaning. And then again, I missed my world of fog. I hung around my family a lot during this time. I'm also very grateful that the first time I moved to America was during the summer because Minnesota is a tundra in the winter and every winter feels like we're doing a Wim Hof challenge that we did not sign up for. It was a beautiful weekend, the 4th of July weekend. And it's days like this that make me appreciate being in America. They're so beautiful because of the constant celebration. Naturally, there were kids running around at my auntie's house. My uncles were grilling in the backyard. My mom was laughing and chatting away with my aunties as she made chapatis and samosas in the kitchen. In the background, there were fireworks. And I do love fireworks. This was my first 4th of July here. And there were quite a few people at my auntie's house but it was just at her house. The rest of the neighbor's house seemed quiet and I had no idea where they were. Every time the doorbell rang, I really did expect the neighbors to show up because if this was my childhood and there was any form of celebration or party at a neighbor's house, everyone would show up, invited or not. I asked my auntie, are your neighbors coming? She looked confused, offended even. No, she said. I don't even know majority of my neighbors. I only know Miss Jackson from across the street because our kids go to the same school. At that moment, I realized, actually, I didn't even know my neighbors either. And honestly, I never even saw them. Back home, I knew all the details of all my neighbors. Their immediate family, their bank statements, if they had meat for dinner last night, if they just went to the grocery store and had fresh snacks, when they got paid... We were so comfortable with each other so much that if I did not have salt to cook dinner, 
I would run to my neighbor's house and ask for some before I eventually buy mine the next day. I didn't grow up in the fanciest neighborhoods, but there was togetherness and community that brought us relief, and there was no end to family and beginning to neighbors because we were all one. I thought of my neighbors in my childhood, and I was overwhelmed with how much I missed my fog. It's been a few years since I moved to America, and I feel no different today than I did when I landed. There is a life before moving to America and a life after. And finding the bridge between the two and not losing one for another is extremely difficult, but it should be the dream. Not just an American dream, but our dream as immigrants. I will also say I have come to learn that there is no fog. There's just two separate realities. The one that built us and the one that we are building for ourselves in America. The strangeness and the newness of the Western culture is typically easier to be absorbed than to be opposed. It's easier to lose ourselves and blend in than try to differentiate ourselves and eventually embrace our own differences. So majority of us, we start rolling our tongues. We say words like water with ease, but even then, we know we are still different. Authenticity is a gift, a risk, and a reward all at the same time, and I wish every single one of us embraced it. It's the complexity of the process of trying to build a new life that's a brutality, but it's what sets us apart as immigrants. America has a lot to offer, and so do we. We should wear our accents with pride, talk about our history with confidence, and continue with traditions as we always have. Now, I'm grateful for my fog. I don't take for granted the bounty that comes with living in America. The exposure to, for lack of a better word, betterness in education, careers, travel, and I can get the new iPhone the day it comes out. I also don't take for granted the special friendships and relationships that have come into my life in this season. Most importantly, I don't take for granted what my fog taught me. It may have been full of unknowns and poverty. It may have been a fog of uncertainty because the jobs were limited and still are. It may have been a fog of unprecedented expectations. It may also have been a fog filled with less than more. But it's the core of our identity. There was a purity and resiliency that was built through that fog, and I will always cherish it. Eventually, I think I got the diaspora smell. I will also have bougie devices because I am blessed, and I have access to so much more. But when I think of my new fog now, I think of my current cozy home on the 135th Street in Andover, but I'm still thinking of my childhood home in Zimmerman, a three-bedroom apartment filled with family, laughter, and the sound of kids playing in the neighborhood school. Like the beloved contents of my suitcase on the day I moved to America, I remember and cherish the good parts of all my homes with a fondness, and I keep those parts with me wherever I go as I build a new dream. My dream. Once again, I am extremely grateful that you took the time to listen to this episode. Please write your comments and reviews as I would love to hear your feedback. Catch you next time. Bye.